Dad Drinking is brought to you by Side Project Jerky. Check out our two new flavors, Cowboy, a collaboration with Rival Brothers Coffee Roasters, and Peppercorn, a collaboration with 1732 Meats. Order now at SideProjectJerky.com. Oh my god, it's been so long since we last recorded, but welcome to episode 14. We're back! We're back! I'm Jim. I'm Marcus. We've been dads since 2009. Oh my god, that's such a long fucking time. There you go. You got it. Welcome back to Dad Drinking. Uh, We are here with a special guest. We finally were able to coordinate schedules with a guest, and we have... John Adams from Rival Brothers Coffee Roasters. What's up, John? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? How long have you been a dad? I've been a dad since 08, also known as when the Phillies last won the World Series. Yes. So you're going to show us up by being a dad longer than us? Yeah. That's right. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many kids do you have? I got three boys. Oh, my God. Yeah, God. nine, now, six, and three. Now, were you trying for a girl on the third time, or were you even trying at all? I uh, I was trying for a girl on the first time. No, okay. nobody says that. Nobody yeah. says that. <laughs> no, nobody no, you. Says that. No, that's not true. <laughs> Dad, I was trying dads for a don't boy. say that. Dads don't say that. Um, no, you know what happened is um, I had what they call a vasectomy. Okay. After, okay. after round two. After round three. No, that after round two. Oh. And that's when they that's when they clip the vas deferens. Yeah. Correct. Right? Okay. Right. Exactly. They basically they they snip, they clip, they burn. I believe they the. The, the uh, professional term is, is cauterize. Okay. Right? okay. There's some cauterization involved. Okay. Um, and then they tie, but I don't know the professional term for that. Um, All I knew is they shaved my balls. Yeah, oh, did they, they did. Oh, my God. I, I, it was the best shave of my life. <laughs> Anywho, go on. Sorry. So, well, after that, um, after that part, uh, yeah, you know, you're supposed to uh, empty the chamber a few more times than I did, evidently. Yeah, and oh, um, you had some live ammunition. Mm-hmm. I had Yikes. a couple couple rounds left. So you, yeah. so you beat the vasectomy. I beat the vasectomy. You had what they call in South America un gol de medio cancha. <laughs> Fue un gol. <laughs> Fue un gol. <laughs> un golazo. Un gran gol. Fue como Maradona, en verdad. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. So um, yes. Uh, I love you, Bo. You're an amazing young man. He's, um, he's a beautiful boy. He is, he is a beautiful boy. He is. He is. He's incredible. Um, but yeah, it was not planned, um, and it was it was a wild. You know, my, my first response was uh, we used to have a coffee truck, and I was standing on the truck, and my wife called, and she was freaking out, and she was like, "It's not possible." Blah blah. And I'm like trying to be cool, keep it together, and I said the worst possible thing, which was, "Is it mine?" <laughs> <laughs> and literally the response was the only obvious response was click yeah, you know? yeah. that was it so babe I'm sorry you know I, I was just trying to lighten the mood yeah no I love I mean, that you let your kids listen to this podcast oh That's yeah they awesome. love it they're yeah. huge fans they're, they're all at home eating side project jerky cowboy flavor right now <laughs> that stuff's delicious it's so let's, good let's go back so, so, so this is John Adams of Rival Brothers Coffee Roasters right. yeah, yeah he is a uh, former chef current uh what what would you call yourself a just i mean you're a business owner right i mean yeah entrepreneur yeah, doing it dude. whatever every day is a you know whatever needs to be done yeah just killing it probably makes i would say the best coffee i i've had almost ever i mean i used to i used to tweet you know i i would get a rival broner 
That's oh, right. When I oh, would, yeah. Where would, you t- where would you tweet that from, though? Uh, Fidel Gastro. Oh, yes. at Fidel Gastro. Yes. That's your social media handle? You can find me at Fidel Gastro. <laughs> you can find Jim at JF Cosgrove 9. But I will not let you look at He's my pictures. He's not public. You have to request. And where can we find you, John? I'm um, on the Twitter, in the Twitterverse, I'm at Chef Johnny Mac. No H in the Johnny. Uh, and on Instagram, at Johnny Mac. I was early in. I was in early on Instagram. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Somebody tried to buy it from me recently. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Some dude in Florida who wants at Chef Johnny Mac or just at Johnny Mac. I don't know who he is. He's probably like a DJ or something. He could be. I don't know. He definitely was like. Sounds like a DJ name. If if I didn't know you, I would be a DJ. Johnny Mac. He had like some like South Beach vibe going on. (laughs) And he was like, everything is for sale. How much? And I remember like I emailed. He's like Donald Trump. I screenshot it and sent it to like our, our PR team. Um, who's not in-house. We hire Bonfire Media. They're, they're huge, huge uh, assets to us. And I was like, do I do, I do this? And they were like, LOLs. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. I, I thought it was funny, too. I was like, I thought I was going to get rich. <laughs> yeah. So what about your uh, Rival Brothers? Which yeah, Rival Brothers is at Rival Bros Coffee. That's awesome. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Excellent. Perfect. So we like to talk about and it's been a while. Apologies, <laughs> listeners. But we love to talk about the best thing we drank since the last time we met. So, Jim, what, what is the last, or I'm sorry, what is the best thing you drank since the last time we met? Uh, so you and I had a, uh, had a dad drinking date night. Yeah, a little mandate. Yeah, at uh, mandate Taco actually. Lab at Mission Taqueria. Yes, Pelago. Yeah, and Pelago pop-up. They did a little. Johnny, have you been to a Pelago pop-up? I have not yet. Ah, so this I was need a, to. This they do great. good work. Yeah, they it was do. great. It was uh, it was a fusion of Mexican food and Filipino food. Yes, right. And um, they had some really interesting drinks and food there. However, before we got there a little early for our reservation, you know, as mm-hmm. old mature couples do. Sure, we got there <laughs> sure. a little early. We parked. You blue hairs. Yes, yeah. exactly. We had <laughs> valet. We had valet parking, and uh, we went to Harp and Crown across the street. And I had something called the Dying Declaration, and it was my first drink I've ever had with a tincture. Oh, mixed in. Nice. It was a cinnamon tincture, which, um, from what I understand about it, is basically uh, you drop a cinnamon stick in a bottle with some uh, with a simple syrup, and you let it kind of like okay infuse, um, and then uh, the cinnamon tincture was combined with bourbon bitters, and they they took a flamethrower to a cinnamon stick and a cherry and dropped it in. So you get a lot of smoke. Um, had a very powerful nose, like burnt cherry and orange. But the taste of cinnamon was really nicely balanced by some honey. And the honey kind of coated the throat in a pleasant way, uh, made it nice and sweet to counteract the very, very smoky, fragrant cinnamon taste I had. That was called, were we going to ask me something? What was it called? Uh, it was called the Dying Declaration, which I, can, I could see why you'd say that, because if I died... And that was my last drink. I'd be very happy. I loved it. It was very good. It was at the Harp and Crown. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. It was good. It was really good. Actually, Harp and Crown's pretty a awesome place. Our bartender I, was very jovial, too. I liked him. That he, dude was cool. Yeah, he wasn't pushy. He told us the real deal, what he liked, what he didn't like about it. And I like the concept that they have of the seasonal cocktails as well. Yeah. I mean, it has to be. You have to have seasonal cocktails. Yeah. Right? Mm. Well, I mean, seasonal, farm to table, sustainable, have like an Aperol local. Spritz in, the, in February. I'm going to have an Aperol Spritz whenever, wherever. Aperol Spritzes <laughs> are the fucking best. I love Aperol Spritzes. Well, Johnny, then, what was the best thing you drank in recent memory? 
Oh, man. Oh, you know what? It was probably the warm Harpoon IPA you gave me earlier. <laughs> that was amazing. You know, that really that really, uh, really hit the spot. It came straight from like a, a kid's soccer practice where we played half on a baseball diamond. Oh, nice. So I was like coated with a nice aura of, of dust. And uh, it was definitely like Mississippi red clay, I think they use right. in East Falls for okay. their, their, their baseball diamonds. You know, that's um, so you just wanted something at EFLL. Uses. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. It has to be. You know. <laughs> so you yeah. wanted something really warm. Yeah, I was looking for like a warm, nothing, hoppy, nothing thirst quenching, effervescent in in, um, in the can, like, spicy like, as shit. You know, like yeah. the effervescence yeah. where it's like it just like dissolves off of your tongue because right. it's so warm. But I also wanted good branding. Yes, and I wanted some some legacy, some craft legacy. Yes, um, and and I also, you know, I wanted something really floral and aromatic, but warm, warm. Also, warm. also with a rad tiger on the. Uh, also on with the a line. very rad tiger. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, so John, I'm sorry. You were gracious. <laughs> you were you were so gracious to to come out here and mm. record with us, and and what the fuck do I do but give you a warm harpoon ipa it was his best thing it's all it's all good yeah but well listen it was the best thing he drank in recent memory i mean it was either that or a, a bacon hellas yeah and i did i don't even know what i i don't know i don't know i don't know what that is it was good i gotta say i tried the bacon house and if you can conceive of a light lager that has well, it's, a I mean, has... brewed with bacon and smoke it was very heavy with the smoke. It was good. It, it, it tasted like a Schlinker La. Like, I don't even I mean, know what that means. It's a German smoked. It's a Rauch beer. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Rauch, 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 Rauch beer. You don't know Rauch about Rauch beer? Come no, on. This Rauch is dad beer. drinking, dude. Come on. I mean, I guess I don't have all of the uh, the dad drinking chops that you do. So speaking, put your chops on the table. Okay. And tell us what your best drink was. So, so my best drink also happened to occur on the night of uh, the the. Dad drinking, yeah, the taco lab, taco lab. The the, the dad drinking (laughs) mandate. Um, It was called a scoop daddy dupe, and it was a featured cocktail alongside the taco lab from Pelago, which is a a Filipino pop up restaurant here in Philadelphia. They should Um, really have their own space. They should. I think Mm. they're working on it. I talked to Neil, um, who's such a good dude. Neil who. Neil Santos, Santos. Yeah. incredible photographer. Uh, follow him at Neil Santos on Instagram. I think he's got a farm and shit too. I farm Fifty One. Yeah, dude, he's legit. He's yeah, really, really. His husband good. is really cool too. I've never met the husband. Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, I really like. I just get such good vibes from that dude. Definitely. Like, for for years and years now too. So uh, yeah. So what was in the scoop de dupe? It was tequila. Mm-hmm. What else was in there? It was a a berry native of uh, Philip, the Philippine Islands. Right. That was uh, comparable a to a champoy. Yeah. Right. It was comparable to a lychee, right? Right. Correct. And then the uh, sakanga loco. Yes, which was almost, it was a fermented vinegar? Cane sugar vinegar. Cane yeah. sugar vinegar. Okay. Yes. So this was almost like a shrub drink. With, with though, tequila blanca. Yeah, it was fucking good. It was awesome. It was really good. I tasted some of yours. It was yeah. a date night. Yeah. You know, mm. we shared each other's drinks. Yeah, yeah, two know. straws? It was, two straws? Or like, no. No, just, just one raw straw. dog. Raw one, dog it. One yeah. straw. Yeah, yeah. Mine, yeah. Came, yeah. mine actually, so, my drink came in a coconut, which was great. Whoa. Yeah, we, we shared it. It was very loving. It was beautiful. 
God bless Michael Schulson. Yes. Mike, we love you. Yes. Good dude. Keep going. You're doing yes. great. All right. So, so, John, mm. what did we drink tonight? What what is what's making us so jovial and and gregarious and affable tonight? We we have decided to on a. Can I can I state what day of the week it is right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's going up tomorrow morning, so it's all good. It's a Tuesday. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a Tuesday night. It's currently ten oh two. We've uh, we've been imbibing on uh, the Sazerac cocktail with a, a slight variation in itself, which is a variation on another cocktail, which is based off of a different cocktail. Because that's just how cocktails are. Yes. Yeah. Right. Riff, Especially cocktails from like the uh, late eighteen like hundreds, yeah. right? You know, exactly. we're, we're talking about the Sazerac, which is. A legendary cocktail, uh, a whiskey, an improved whiskey cocktail, as I recall. Um, and I know you've got a lot of history on the Sazerac itself. I do. I love history. And and I, I get really inspired by that because I love I love things like legacy and heritage. As a father, that I'm trying to impart to my kids is like this legacy of whatever it is, your family name, you know, or uh, uh, a favorite sport or athlete or you know. You know, my favorite class in school is I'm trying to convince my kids that that's a legacy they need to believe in. But it's important. It's really, it is. It's totally, really super totally, important. Totally. So I, I, the older I get, you know, and, and the great thing about I just recently turned 40. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Kill me. So <laughs> um, I can get away with anything now because you're over the hill. It doesn't matter. You're like, oh, I'm 40. You know? I think I honestly think over the hill now is like 60. Because I look at my parents. Right. You know, they're older than 60. Do you feel like when you were younger, 40 was like yes, old? And then now that you're like approaching 40, yes. you're like, oh, 60's cool? Right. I'm yeah. so immature. <laughs> it's off. Like, like, like literally, I still really, laugh. Really is. Like, I'm like, I'm not a grown up. No <laughs> one should have given me a business. Why do I own a house? She married me? Yeah. yeah. No, These I kids listen to me? I, yeah, I still feel great. like when I have clients call me on the phone that I have to introduce myself as like Jimmy the lawyer or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, farts are still funny. That's a great Instagram handle, by the way. Jimmy the Lawyer. Jimmy the Lawyer. Yeah. At Jimmy the Lawyer. Look up at Jimmy the Lawyer, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. And, and if it's not chaser, taken, you should take it. I will. Yeah. That'll be your public profile. That's good. That's really good. I do like that. So so tell us about this Sazerac, John. Well, I can tell you the first Sazerac I ever had. Okay. That was the one that, that popped out to me. There was a, a, a wonderful place. So we can hashtag Sazerac memories. Hashtag, hashtag Sazerac, Sazerac memories. memories. Sa- Sazerac memories. All right. It's a, long, um, it's a long hashtag. Never mind. <laughs> so we're going. <laughs> Wait, is this a Jimmy the Lawyer thing? There, there's a couple of Jimmy the Lawyers. They're um, private. One's private. He oh, has, he's got 2,657 followers. He's a bot. He's definitely a bot because he has seven posts and he mm. has 2,600 followers. And then he has Maybe he had Jimmy, good cases. Jimmy the Lawyer 666 with some Simpsons character. Nah. And his bio says, justice is best served with some salt. Yeah, I, well, I agree with that. Interesting. Yeah, I like salt that. makes everything salt, better. Yeah, you have to be salty. Yeah. Cosgrove doesn't watch The Simpsons, by the way. So yeah. that I mean, makes sense to me. But Yeah. What? Seinfeld? Yeah. Okay. Just you're not cartoons. You're I'm, not, I'm not a cartoon guy, really. I hear you. Like, stop motion, I might do. I'm not doing drawings. Not really. Can we do another episode on Voltron? Just on Voltron. Oh, I like Voltron. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm yeah. saying like adult right. cartoons. Adult cartoons. I'm not yeah. really. Okay. You know what we should do? We Although should Archer make a... commercials crack me the hell up. When I'm yeah. like, like watching the Americans and the Archer commercial comes on, I look forward to it. That's different. Secretly. Though. It's pretty funny. Yeah. We should make a Voltron cocktail. Okay. Whoa. What would that be? It'd be a bunch of different parts. Yes. Coming together. Right. And we would form together like Voltron. Yeah. And there'd be honey in it because of Wu-Tang. 
Yes. And it would have to have a beer float because I'll form the head. Yes. You know? Like there definitely has to be That's awesome. a multi-spirited investment. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the, but we digress. And, and, but well, the, hold on. The, right, the, the right. beer float should be harpoon because of the tiger. Yeah. Because they have like a cat style. Oh my thing. God. Yeah. Dude, this, shit, this shit writes itself. You might need to hit a pause soon. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I just have to go upstairs. We're on another level. And just start making fucking Voltron cocktails. Get Thomas the dog down here. We yes. need his input. <laughs> Where were we though? We were talking about Sazerac. The first, so the first so Sazerac your, I had, so John's I remember. Sazerac yeah. experience. And then I'm going to tell you about memories. the first Sazerac memory anyone ever had. Which was, there was definitely like at least 200 years in between yes. those. All right. So mine was 2008, a bar called Village Whiskey. Ah. 20th and Sansom. Jose Garces. Jose Garces. Gracias, gracias. Um, also, by the way, you know you're in the restaurant industry when you start texting someone gracias and it autocorrects to Garces. Yeah. <laughs> true story. Yeah. So um, I'd opened this place on 20th and Lombard called Pub and Kitchen, 2008. Can- you, you can follow them at, at Pub and Kitchen. Nice. Which I highly recommend because they're a great group of people. Slight, slight digression. Yeah. Those ricotta gnocchi were fucking life-changing. <laughs> you made those. Yeah, those were made by me. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So didn't, go didn't, on. Sorry. Didn't suck. We can, we can come back to those. Uh, yeah. We'll do it. Anyway. It's for the gnocchi cast. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, um, the pasta cast. But they, you know, we opened in 2008, and it was, it was right around that time... Because I remember battling Village Whiskey for the best burger of Philadelphia. Yeah, and that was it. Was a huge deal. It was the like, P and K burger was was a thing. It was like it, we started with the Windsor, and then it was the Churchill. Yeah, and the Churchill was the end all be all. You know, custom sign an NDA, write this recipe with Pat Lafrida. You know, dry aged burger situation, eighteen dollars. You guys, you guys got your meat from Pat. We did. We awesome. did. I, I would, I would go up. With his local rep, a guy named Tony Macaroni, swear to God, he's a football coach in South Jersey. Yeah. He also sells meat during the day. Yes. You can't make this up. He was at the trade show. Yeah? He's yeah. amazing. Tony's, like, amazing. Um, so he would pick me up at the end of service at, like, 11, 11.30, and we would drive to Tonnelly Ave in North Jersey, and right, right over the bridge from the, or I should say right up on the, the west side of the tunnel from Lincoln Tunnel, and we'd hang out, and Pat would come in, they would cut meat all night. He offered me, he's like, I remember the two questions he asked me. He goes, I guess it's three technically, but he said, when's the last time you spoke to your mother? But the way he said it was like the <laughs> way mother. Tony Soprano yeah. says it, right? Hey, like, when's like, the last time oh you God, spoke to, to your mother? I have to call my mom tomorrow. Right? <laughs> and I was like, this morning, you know? Uh, and then the other question was, uh, Chianti or Sambuca? And I was like, Sambuca? And then he poured me like like a grotesque amount of Sambuca. Nice. Also warm like the harpoon. <laughs> And floated a few coffee beans in it, which he had readily available. Um, and then we talked meat till like three o'clock in the morning, and we grilled on the roof of his warehouse. That's unbelievable. And that's how the Churchill was born. But we did that like three or four times. Uh, it was a great experience, one of which I'm very proud of. And to reward myself through all of this hard work of tasting dry aged beef in New Jersey, <laughs> um, I would I would go to Village Whiskey. Um, and there was a bartender there by the name of Keith Raimondi. Mm. And Keith Raimondi now owns and Keithness, operates. Keithness, right? Is Keithness. he from Buffalo now? From Buffalo. Went back to Buffalo. Opened a restaurant in Buffalo. A cocktail bar with incredible food called uh, the Dapper Goose. Okay. The Dapper Goose. It's brilliant. And very old-timey. Has a Sazerac filter itself, you know? Um, Keith taught me a lot about 
about drinking, you know? And uh, at the time, I was a new dad. So it was like new dad drinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drinking out of desperation. Yes. That's its other name. You can't, yeah, you can't you know? handle it anymore. You can't handle it anymore. <laughs> you know, give me something to take away the pain. Right. And, you know, as he, as he polished the wax on the bar and flicked a curled block from his forehead, he said, I'll make you a Sazerac. Um, and it was incredible. I, but I love the flavor of the licorice and the lemon and the whiskey. That combination really stuck out to me. And it was chilled as opposed to harpoon. It was, it was a cold, refreshing beverage. And it just had this, this depth to it. And as a chef, a lot of what I look for in food is, is layers of flavor. Yeah. And, and that's why I think I like the Sazerac. So the interesting thing, the, the fact that you mentioned the licorice, Amy Stewart who did the Drunken Botanist book, mm. she talks about the herbs and the plants that create the liquor that we like to consume. And she classified the Sazerac as the gateway to licorice-flavored drinks, okay. like a Sambuca, right? Great, sure. Um, because this one, this particular recipe that we used um, was done what we like to call the modern way of Sazerac, which is not very modern in and of itself. It's early, early 20th century. Um, but we basically took two glasses. One was filled with ice yeah. to the top. The second glass um, had a half teaspoon of sugar in it with a little bit of water. We tried to dissolve the sugar as best we could. Added two ounces of rye whiskey. I would have made simple syrup. All you had to say no, was, but that's yeah, not, make some simple syrup. Right, but that's not what it called for. <laughs> fine, so, fine, so, fine. You know, okay. I mean, I like to be a purist. Yeah, you know this, no, I, right? I, I appreciate uh, it. Was the water purified? Uh, it, w- it was filtered through through the Lafayette Hill um, Sub-Zero fridge that Marcos has upstairs. Oh. Yeah. No, Crystal. You, you have the Sub-Zero. I've got a decor. <laughs> Let's get our shit straight here. Okay. So I, I don't know. I just see like All the, right. I just see the stainless steel. I'm like, everything is a Sub-Zero. Award. Hashtag no, no, Frigidaire no. in yeah. Mount Airy. Just yeah. saying. So. <laughs> hashtag Frigidaire. That's the best hashtag ever, by the way. <laughs> That's so, so good. So we added the rye, but we, we used a special rye, right, Marcus? Yes. Not, we did. It wasn't really a rye. No, we used mm-hmm. uh, we used our unofficial yes. official sponsors, Manitani Steelworks. Right. We used their Rival Brothers collaboration uh, whiskey. Yes. Which, which is, is fucking stellar. Always. I mean, that, that's basically what we drink while we talk for the yeah. last five episodes. Right, we did that one, one batch with that one batch with some Templeton rye, just to taste the differences. Um, what you do with the uh, with the once you get the sugar dissolved into the water as best as you can, you throw a couple blocks of ice in there, a couple cubes. You throw in the two ounces of rye and the dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Yep. Um, there's some history there that I'll talk about in a little bit, but you throw in the bitters, you stir for 20 seconds. You throw out the ice from the first glass, and then drop in a quarter shot of absinthe. Um, we use we use Grand Absinthe or Absinthe. Absinthe, yeah. Yeah, something, whatever it was from the. It was one of two options from the Pennsylvania State Store. I took the one that was on sale. Yeah, overproofed, really hot. Very hot, yeah, very really viscous. Hot. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But it was interesting because it's supposed to be a rinse on the glass, right? So yeah. you take the the ice out of the second glass, throw in the quarter shot basically swirl it so it, it coats the sides of the glass and you dump the uh, the extra you immediately strain the contents of the first glass with the whiskey through a julep strainer into the absinthe rinsed glass you twist a lemon peel over top rub around the rim and garnish with the peel 
impressive, Oof. impressive attention to detail. Yeah. But how did it taste? Well, before we talk about how it tastes, you yeah. should go check it out. Marcos took some behind-the-scenes photos of us yes. making the drinks. We do have some pictures. Marcos always puts really cool shots up on our site, daddrinking.com. And um, I don't think people look at it based on the numbers. Um, they like to listen to the podcast. They don't really like your photography, which yeah. I think is not deserving. You're, you you are a good photographer. You make some cool shots. And you are good at BTS on the Instagram, <laughs> at Fidel Gastro. Um, you know what? I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually change my Instagram website to dadring.com. Nice. Yes. I think that should happen. Excellent. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do like a nine AM post. Okay. Of yep. something and then we'll we'll link it there just to, to help spread the word. Please do. Because I have like five people who are probably interested. That is my <laughs> maybe more maybe that's more. our market. The five, five to ten people is what mm-hmm. we're going for. Yeah. yeah. And we could we could really push it out there. Let's you do know it. we we do this thing uh, the last couple episodes where we read our reviews online and Amazing. um and this time and, and also our mailbag. And this time I actually had something from Tangy Scott. Yeah. Uh, Tangy Scott sent us in a long, he, he apparently went on a road trip from Albany back home to Philadelphia. And to had, catch up. He, he had a great time streaming our podcast through his phone into his, his car. He loved it. However, we don't have time to get into all the details, but just wanted to let Tangy know that um, we got his mailbag. Thanks, Scott. Yes. And it was, it was very nice. We appreciate it. Um, but the uh, the interesting thing about this particular Sazerac cocktail, as John referenced earlier, was that it, it started in New Orleans mm-hmm. the, at the Sazerac Bar Hotel, or Saz- sorry, Sazerac House Bar. Um, it was owned at the time by Thomas H. Handy and Co., which happened to have recently purchased the Peychaud's Bitters brand um, back in the late 1900s. They probably bought it for like 50 bucks, which was a big haul that was back huge. in the day. That was yeah. huge. Tom, Tommy Handy made his own bitters in-house, but he liked the Peychauds better, so he, he grabbed them. And um, the Sazerac really was just a, an improved whiskey cocktail, um, but instead of mixing Angostura bitters and Peychauds, they, by mandate of the owners of the Sazerac House Bar, only used Peychauds because it helped his bottom line. I mean, I love that. Right? Isn't that I cool? get that. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the, the interesting thing, though, is that... Um, over time, the Sazerac kind of got its own flavor, and now it's become its own cocktail. It's, it's distanced itself from the, the improved whiskey cocktail. And uh, it became the favorite cocktail of a short story writer famous named O. Henry. Um, Which is also, coincidentally, an incredibly delicious candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really good candy bar. I was wondering if you would bring that up. Dude, um, I wish we had one right now. That'd be oh amazing. my god, I, I, I wish we would have bought Can so we, many O'Henry's. I'm going I'm to try and satisfy your urge for an O'Henry bar by giving you the crazy-ass story of O'Henry himself. He was That's born fun. William Sidney Porter. He's okay. nuts. Mm. From Texas, right? Everyone in his life had tuberculosis, basically, mm. right? Um, he, he would like to write and be creative, etc., but he had like odd jobs on the side, kind of like... My man with side project jerky. Yeah. Right. Um, his interest was art, but he couldn't support himself and his family. Um, his wife was very sickly. Do we know he, if he was any good at art? Um, he was very, very good at writing. He was. Okay. He's, he's like an acclaimed short story. Right. Short storyist. Is that a word? Short storist. Maybe. 
about author? How about short author. story author? author. Yeah, short yeah. Story. author's oh. good. I think oh, short storyist wow. is better. Short storyist. <laughs> short storyist. I like that. Warm harpoon IPA. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. So, anyways. Anyway, this guy was a maniac. In his life, he he um, embezzled as a, he was a bank clerk. He embezzled a bunch of funds. Wasn't found. They was never indicted. They found some evidence later on, under uncertain circumstances, and the feds indicted him. He went to his trial. Was indicted. Was let out on bail. Um, and escaped to Honduras. This is like early 1900s. It's awesome. Like crazy. It's so In Honduras, awesome. he befriends a notorious train robber who was also on the lam. By the way, Honduras did not have an extradition treaty with the United States at the time, so all these like crazy criminals went to Honduras. Um, befriended this guy. The guy ended up writing a story about O. Henry, um, about how he befriended him and became best friends. I, I imagine it was kind of like uh, the... Uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley type best friends, <laughs> right? Or the Wolf Pack, something like that, yeah. right? Um, but this guy hung out in Latin America for a couple of years, hiding from the U.S. feds. And during the time, wrote a bunch of short stories, for which he's like, very famous, including he coined the phrase Banana Republic, which makes me want to know, Marcos, like, what do you think of Banana Republic? The, the brand? Just the, the the idea. Well, so so I. Okay, my my favorite, my favorite button down uh, in life. Yeah. Was from Banana Republic. Really? What year yes. are we talking? We're we're talking ninety nine. Young maybe? Marcos. Young Marcos. So you're coming back home from college. Coming back home from college, I had this lavender button down. It was so fire. Yeah. Is the most fire. <laughs> Obviously. Right? Um, but, you know, you're, you're a young kid. You, you sweat. You get a little bit of ring around the collar. street. Yeah. You, you know? So my mother decided to wash this thing. But she also decided to bleach it. Mm. Oh. Tragic. And she fucking ruined the whole thing. Yeah. It, How did you handle it? Uh, I was super mean. Oh. I was super mean. And she's like, oh, we'll buy you a new shirt. So we go to the mall. She points out a bunch of different shirts. You say, oh, you, this is the same shirt. I was like, it's not the same shirt. Was it a Banana Republic shirt? It was, of course it was a Banana Republic shirt. I mean, come on, Banana Republic. I mean, come on, John. Like, yeah. In 99, who, who did not shop at Banana Republic? Did you? I, I definitely did. I was a waiter, and I had to wear white shirts. Yeah. And, and also, we need to get into the etymology of button-down versus Oxford. That might be a separate situation. That's fine. No, let's, let's start like, now. Like, like collar buttoned or collar not with a button. Buttoned down. Right or like, where are we going here? Because it means different things to different people. Yeah. To me, to me, I think dress shirt is something that could be an Oxford, although Oxfords are sometimes more casual. But like a little right. pop lint and end on end. Ooh, right. 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 That's and button down means the collar to me. Same. Yeah. Same. So, but I remember as a waiter, um, I remember I was working at Brasserie Perrier, incredible restaurant on yes. Walnut Street. And is that George's place? It was George's yeah. place. It was his next door. His his casual, okay, forty eight dollar rack of lamb casual, <laughs> right, right, restaurant like Balud's DB Cafe. With, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which the best part about Brasserie Perrier is, as you walked in, there was a staircase that came down from the upstairs, and it had a. Um, the Sazerac is going to steer me towards the wrong pronunciation of 
of Duchamp. 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 Right. Marcel yeah. Duchamp. Marcel Duchamp. Duchamp. Yeah. That uh, Duchamp guy. Duchamp. Yeah. Right. Duchamp. Or Duchamp. So Marky Duchamp. Duchamp. Uh, <laughs> no, no, please forgive me. Marcel Duchamp has a, a famous uh, painting called "New Descending Staircase," and what what George did is in Brasserie Perrier replaced said nude with said Chef Perrier. Nice. Shut up. Are you serious? Chef Perrier descending a staircase. Not nude. Oh. Thank Christ Almighty. Oh, man. But that's like, that's the level that we're talking about. So, of course, I had to go to Banana Republic and spend like $121 on a their haberdashy yeah. line. Do they have one of those? They did. And I, the only thing I ever bought from Banana Republic was like the, the, the clearance rack where it was like 85% right. off, right. off season. But yeah. it was always like, oh, this is too tight or it's too big. But that haberdasher line was like amazing, and it was like it just fit just right. And um, I remember I definitely spent an entire paycheck getting these these shirts because the rest of the uniform was like black pants, which I got these like weird, stretchy dress pants from Banana Republic that had just just a little bit of flair. And that's so. So we're talking <laughs> like flair. We're talking like. 98 99 oh yeah that was that was so that was you're forgiven you're forgiven we're going to 2000s actually but that was when like stretch pants like yeah like you couldn't just go get a pair of like dickies right like and 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 if you could you couldn't wear them to a wonderful establishment like brasserie perrier right you had to wear the tight pants yeah you had it it had to be a certain thing definitely had to give the people what they wanted bought shoes at like steve madden you know, or they or, were shiny. Uh, they were like almost patent leather, right? Benjamin yeah. Lavelle. You had to buy Definitely. patent leathery type black shoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, because then you could go salsa dancing after your shift, which I did regularly. Yes, of course, at, obviously at, at Litage <laughs> above Beaumont. Wow, right? This is some serious. This is some like some Euro pop dance, mm-hmm. some deep cuts of Moby, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, Banana Republic. You know, for me, my first remember memories. Hashtag Banana Republic memories. Yeah. Um, <laughs> BR memes. <laughs> safari. It was yeah. a safari vibe, remember? I, they did. They like, had like the, the no, hiking dude, pants with the pockets. Yeah, and the it was, like, it was so dope. Like, like they, they made like shit, dope you know? fucking gear. And it's like, it's like yeah. you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be Abercrombie, dude. I'm going to be right. Banana Republic, dude. But what happened? What was that change from, from like uh, uh, Safari, right? like Jumanji, you know, type vibe to Wall Street 99 type vibe. Club Monaco. Club Monaco rolled in and they were like, yo. I don't even know what that is. Wow. Yeah. You just blew my mind. Yeah, dude, Club Monaco fucked shit up. And Mm. when I was, Mm. like, all little, I wasn't little because I've I've always been fat, (laughs) but, like, like, like gross fat. Well, not gross fat, but yeah, just like hashtag little Marcos. Like uncomfortably fat. Um, but Club Monaco rolled on the scene like they were cheaper. Mm. They were a little more euro. Okay. And this was like this we, like predates yeah, like Zara hold on, hold on. We didn't and H and M. We never had Club Monaco where I was from. I never saw it. Well, yeah, because you were from Delaware. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, H and M. That was a thing. Yeah, for sure. But like Did that you know showed Club up Monica? later. I do. Okay. But but not until, honestly, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, Club Monty was a shit, dude. Like, between Kid 3 and 2, that's when I was aware, I was advised of Club Monaco. Oh, my God. I was I was way before that, but I'm I not think, even I cool. think it was a West Coast thing that came across. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I was up in New York when I was oh, like, I was like, that's why, I mean, I mean, 
was like, he said New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anywho. Ridiculous. Anyway, where were we, guys? Um, so we talked about the recipe, the history. We were talking about the history. We were talking about Banana Republics. Yes. Um, yeah, right. Speaking of Banana Republics, Garcia Marquez talks about Banana Republics. He does, but that's a reference to O. Henry, who, who by the way, died at the age of 47. Jesus. Okay. He spent some time after. So, so before he died, his wife ended up dying. Okay. Of, of tuberculosis. Unreal. Yes. Everyone in this, the the owner of the Sazerac Bar House, also, also died of tuberculosis back in the late 1900s. Tuberculosis was the thing to have back in the day, right? Um, That's fucked up, dude. Could you imagine just be like, uh, I got tuberculosis. Yep. See you later. I'm like. Two weeks to live. I'm done. Peace. So basically, he finds out. He's in Honduras. He finds out his wife has tuberculosis. He comes home to Texas, where he had embezzled funds and and done a lot of cool artistic stuff with mm. his with his writing. However, also stole money. He um, he is uh, remanded into custody and serves is sentenced to five years in jail. His wife dies, leaving behind a an eight year old daughter mm. um, in the care of his in laws. He was estranged from his parents. Um, he is sent to prison, federal prison, in Columbus, Ohio. His daughter and his in-laws move to Pittsburgh. The in-laws never tell the daughter that daddy is in jail. They tell her that he is on a business trip for three years. He gets out after three years for good behavior. Wow. He's like, He's like, you know, he does a lot of writing in jail. He does a lot of short stories. He publishes while he's in jail, which is crazy. Um Wow. By sending it to people in Texas that he knew that, that, that why he had the moniker O'Henry was because his name was William Sidney Porter, but he like published while in jail under that, that nom de plume. Um, when he got out, he, he moved to Pittsburgh to be with his daughter. But to me, thinking about this podcast, like how far would you guys be willing to go in terms of lies to your children to oh, protect it's them from, it's real. from yeah. an uncomfortable truth? I like this. I like that. You want to go, John? Sure. You know, a three-year business trip is a stretch, definitely. <laughs> um, Even in the early 20th century, you think? Definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, um, I, I recently learned of my my grandfather and my grandmother, who really had a, a huge impact in my life on my maternal side. My mom was an only child. But when my grandfather was in the war, what I recently, like literally a few months ago, found out was that my grandparents had separated. And that's why my grandfather went to the service. I thought it was because he heard the announcement, you know, on December 7th and got fired up and patriotic and pounded his chest and, like, crushed a beer and, like, yeah. went off to, to fight, to you fight know? the Japanese or he whatever, yeah. He was actually, like, stressed out, broke up with his girl and was like, I got to do something. Oh, <laughs> he joined the war. That's amazing. That's a right? good story. Yeah. So he was in Navy South Pacific um, and, you know, my... Did my, he do landings? No. He yeah. was he was actually so he was South Pacific for a minute and then he worked a lot in Pacific Northwest with, with, building the bomb, mm. uh, bombs plural, Jeez. actually, um, and and my grandmother you know my mom who was, probably, she was little she was like three four years old around this time, never let on you know that they had kind of split, That's but crazy. like kept that going while this so that that story really strikes home to, with me you know of. of and then my grandfather being overseas uh, in, in this war and talking to the chaplain. The chaplain's like, you know, these other servicemen are getting Dear John letters daily. And you've got a woman back home who's waiting for you. 
so my my grandfather kind of wised up and came back home after the war uh, he got home in like 42 or early 43 and my grandmother agreed to take him back it was no more gambling no more drinking and no more cigarettes okay and my grandfather was like all right i'm in wow and my grandfather he was, gave up a lot he gave it all up he really did because he was yeah. like he loved emma emma was awesome and um you know they it blew my mind because when i saw them i came into the scene fast forward to 1978 right you know i was like wow these people are awesome my grandparents are so cool so i think lying to protect your kids um would i do it yeah have i yeah you know i think you do get into some gray areas there which are which are tricky and i think i would definitely you know you're torn right you want to protect your kids um at the same time you want to give them just enough and I guess you could you could beleaguer it and say, well, it depends on how old they are. When they're four or five, it doesn't really matter. They're not going to remember. But how old is too old, yeah, right? Right. So, so this girl was eight. Yeah. So like, from eight to 11. Right. My, my daughter right now is eight turning nine. Right. And if I disappear for three years, mm-hmm. she she would think something was up. Totally. You know? Like, I have a nine-year-old, and, like, I can't get anything past him. No. Like, he calls me out, you know? They're so, like they hear everything mm-hmm. it's fucking nuts like like even like so I, I we've talked about like I, I go to a lot of shows like I've I've just for by by virtue of just I love music mm-hmm. I love going you do. to shows you really do like, I love going to shows um, by the way everyone who's listening you know the the, uh, the Eastern European basketball theme song that we have at the oh, top it's of back. the show yeah, it's back, but you're the author of it. Yes, no, no. People yeah. that are recent <laughs> listeners, you you compose that. You are the artiste behind I'm it. I'm a producer. Yeah. Hashtag Dario. Hashtag. <laughs> homie. Yeah. So, but it, but it's funny, like, my kids are like, are you going out again? And it's like, well, I mean, I'm going out again, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's not like. My kids are like, are you going over to Marcos's house again? That's yeah, I, 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 yeah, but it, but it's odd. Like they notice, like if you're not present, sure, which is which is so nuts. I mean, I'm not gonna. So lie do you lie to them? them? No, no, no. I, I, I don't. I, um, but I'm in thinking about this. I've been thinking a lot about. I guess, with with the whole religion thing, and the whole altar boy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, altar server. Alter server, yeah. Well, now it's alter server, yeah. Or I guess it's been alter server for a while. But so, so my parents did not allow me to do that. And I think initially I was like, well, I guess they're just being lazy and they don't want me to be involved. And like, you know, you grow up and like you you trust your your religion, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there might have been like they knew what this shit was going on. I think they were worried. Yeah. I think I, I I honestly think they were worried. You know, I never did it. Um, I never did it. Like I they I wasn't allowed. My grandmother, my grandmother used to call me out. So my grandmother had twelve kids, and wow. I am one of fifty-one grandkids. That's amazing. On my mom's side. Amazing. Yeah. So many grandkids. That's yeah. incredible. And one of my uncles um, never had kids because he had a roommate. It was a guy. Right. So, right. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. Lifelong roommate. Irish. Irish people. I got one of those too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Aunt Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, so I have uh, from a from eleven kids, she had fifty one grandkids. Wow. God plus bless. a lot of like you know miscarriages and stuff, but she would always give me shit 
I was very close to that family. She'd always give me shit because I was not the I was the only grandkid that was not an altar server. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not into that. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like the whole thing. It was weird. My parents never lied to me, but they also didn't like say, Hey, don't do it. Right. By the way, this is getting really deep on dad drinking tonight. Thanks to John. John, you're bringing out some really good stuff. I like deep it. cuts. <laughs> um, I blame Moby. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Moby, Moby is an underrated dick. Like really, mm. like he really is kind of a dick. Like, he brings out the worst in all of us. Yeah, he's got some deep shit going on too. I mean, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So let's bring it back to the Sazerac. Yeah. The two different types that we tasted. What was your favorite? Oh man, you know they they were completely different. Um, as a fan of the coffee whiskey, right? Because that was such a, a project and labor of love, and one that was just really fun for me to do. Because I've always been on the coffee side, so to be able to do a spirit um, was just awesome, and it was also with a neighbor, so it was fun. Um, but I love the flavor of that, and and Marcus, you really pointed out that the the coffee really came out more so in the Sazerac. Maybe pushed by you know the lemon or the the sugar, the simple syrup or the sugar water, as they say in South Philly. Water, <laughs> water, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, then then with the Templeton, I I think I prefer the Templeton more the. Was it classically made with a rye? Yes. Right. Yeah. So that that's where my heart is. Okay. You know? But I think that that Those coffee your good experience, such, your good memories. Yeah. Your, your hashtag yeah, Keith, Sazerac Keith definitely. It was probably like a bullet rye Sazerac. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably what it was. Yeah. You know, with like a, a a giant cube. What's your feeling on the giant cube in a cocktail? I hate the giant cube. Well, Why? No, but but, Why? but, but Why? you recently you recently found oh, we've 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 cracked solved the yeah. we've we've cracked the case with the giant cube. But I'm not a giant cube fan, and this is why because I it, it just like it fucking hits my nose and <laughs> and like I I don't want I mean He's as much as I want schnoz. as much as I want yeah. to snip sniff. <laughs> sip a cocktail like as as much as I want to do that like yeah I also want to like have a gulp you know what I mean and I feel like the the giant cube just like yeah you know square peg round hole it like fucks me up like it, it makes me grumpy it does I hear you uh I'm a fan yeah I'm no a... listen most people are but so how melting I I how did you crack the code so so here's the deal like yeah. actually with uh the best drink you've at, had. at best drink I had which was the scoop daddy dupe um, they sawed the giant cube in half. Really? Withwise. Yeah. So okay. so basically, like, instead of a cube, it was like the Seinfeld muffin top. Oh, episode. Brilliant. It was yeah. more of a rhombus. Yeah. <laughs> and it allowed me to gulp. Okay. Without and the nasal without the like, yeah. like just getting yeah. punched in the face with the giant cube. And, and yeah. the cocktail didn't result in any over dilution. Be- not at all no okay. no okay. like that's that's awesome. the thing is like I, I i feel like i feel like the the giant cube is is too much like you could scale back and that's what they did you know Pelgo knew what they were doing the, the thing that does bother me about the giant cube is you're like whoa look at this drink and then three minutes later you're like it's gone that's what i'm saying it's my fuck yeah. yeah. No, he, he wants to, he's like, this is delicious. I wish it wasn't done in three sips, mm-hmm. right? That's and a valid point. I prefer the sphere instead of the giant cube. I like the sphere, too. I like the sphere. I like the sphere. But again, it's the same problem. It, it yeah. takes up way yeah. too much volume yep. to drink. They should have like a medium-sized sphere 
it's very densely packed and very like cold, so it doesn't melt. Medium-sized sphere. Yes. Yeah. What However, if they put the cocktail in the sphere, <laughs> like they do at the Aviary? Yeah. Granny Shots Cocktail Bar in Chicago. Oh. They do. They do an. Imp- I was just gonna say an improved bourbon cocktail. They do a bourbon cocktail. Actually, I believe it's an old-fashioned. Okay. Where they actually freeze a balloon with water around it in like a blast chiller that that pastry chefs use. Okay. And they have uh, some sort of dowel situation that's then removed, so then they inject the cocktail into it. And put a straw in it? No, and then they serve it in a glass, right? So now you're looking at this, and you have this like this glass, right? Fancy Japanese hand-blown uh, serveware with a sphere. With, with Obviously, there's like a cocktail inside of it, and they come over with a bar spoon, and they crack it, and it breaks, and there's your cocktail. Wow. It's on YouTube. I'll, I'm gonna check it out. It's ridiculous. That's we, cool. we we all aspire to be Grand Ashets. That dude is. I mean, fucking. So he's amazing. So so we have to talk about um just just you being you, Mr. Adams, the 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 evolution of food because like you you've been there from jump and what's funny is like I'm I'm looking behind me. At, at this closet where I have food and wine magazines mm-hmm. with like Grant Ashett's Ackett's like recipes for mac and cheese from like mid 2000s where yeah. like he wasn't quite there yet but I guess he was but people didn't really know sure sure um so I you know I know I know that you're kind of in the coffee space now but you were in the food space. Um, but just regarding the evolution, like what what is your kind of, I don't know, take on like how things have progressed since you've, you've kind of been there? I mean, you've been sure. there since 99, and I feel like 99 to... 05, 06, it was, nobody paid attention, but then 06 to now, like, it's just fucking exploded. Definitely. You know, when I was coming up, it was the end, the tail end of the, um, what I call the child of, of Nouvelle Cuisine. So there's a famous uh, English chef named Marco Pierre White. Right. Wrote a book called White Heat, um, where he took the classic. That's an awesome name. He's I an, wish I wish uh, I wish I had a name that would lend itself to white heat. White heat. Yeah. yeah. You're I basically mean, like the lawyer version of white. I, I'm heat. very Ooh, I like pasty. That. Like I'm very white. Uh, white heat is, is good. Thanks, bro. I like Appreciate that. It. White lawyer. White <laughs> lawyer. Like, white counsel. You're you're like the backup Marco Pierre White. <laughs> that, that might be good. This concludes part one of episode fourteen. Sazerac with John Adams.